Supernatural fans can test their knowledge of the TV series with Trivial Pursuit Supernatural. This quick play Trivial Pursuit game can be played on the go with its portable wedge holders. The 600 questions range in difficulty level, so even the super fans will be challenged. Join the hunt with Trivial Pursuit Supernatural. Call your neighborhood toy and game store for availability. For more details, go to USAopoly.com. That's USAopoly.com. O-M-Me. I came in like a wrecking ball. Hello, my children. McLeod. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome to Supernatural The Crossroads on Rain Man Digital Crossroads 003. I am your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is Ryan Denton. Yo, yo, yo! And Michael Flores. Mm-hmm. And we are talking about Season 13, Episode 7, War of the Worlds. This one Tom has- Cruise. <laughs> with Tom Cruise. Just, Just kidding. kidding. Sp- Sp- Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and we're starting out with seizures today, so that'll be a great yeah. send-off. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I won the game. Last I wish I could hear so you, Mike, to... but your mic's not on. Hey-ho! <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. Good start for everybody. Yeah, here. we knew this was going to be a shitty show. We we nailed it already. We've got news. We've got a shit ton of stuff that happened in this episode. It was shit a ton. shotgun to the face of content. Think of that visual that for just a minute. Incredibly aggressive. It's very aggressive, um, very graphic, but it's very true. Yeah, and it wasn't like regular like birdshot. This was like straight slug to the face, dude. Like, all in the face, mind blow. <laughs> yeah, I'm you so you were talking, he, so I had to do it. I am so glad that we got that on. <laughs> I can't wait to isolate that. Right, one. that'll be good. No, we had a ton of different stuff from a lore perspective going into this one. Yeah, we, we have. You know, the, I think the only character that didn't get some time that we would have expected was mm-hmm. Jack. Yeah, yeah. And I think that kind of works for where they're trying to go with this episode. But we had a ton of different elements, a ton of different villains and overarching threats coming into the light in this episode. Yeah. Much like how Andrew Dabb and the team have done starting with season 12, we have more of that going into this season. A bunch of different overlapping elements However, it does feel like this has been a more refined, more focused concept yeah. this year than it, it did at this time in season 12. I agree. I have a feeling that he went back and, like most writers should do, look at what worked and what didn't. And he, yeah. I think season 13 is a good example so far of taking what worked 
and letting all of the junk that didn't work completely just let just it go, throw it away. Yeah. You know, that's because it does feel like season 12, except it feels more focused. There's, yeah. there's an actual story that you can actually pinpoint. Whereas with season 12, I think up to this point, I think up until episode 12, a lot of the audience was, was trying to figure out what the actual story was. And well, we all said we like on here, we were, we were all like, um, yeah, we where the fuck are we going? Were. Like, okay, I'm fucking have no idea. Like, we were all confused too, and I yeah. think you especially know, especially by the mid-season pr- finale, which was yeah. episode eight last year. Yeah, yeah I, we exactly. were all confused. We were all like, uh, and that's definitely not the case this season. No, absolutely not. No, man. this nice. season we've got multiple different threats. We've got alternate Bizarro universe Michael. We've got Lucifer, although he's a little depowered now. We've got Mister Catch. We've got his Asimo balls has Bays. been clipped just a bit. Lucifer's yeah, just balls a little, have been clipped. Good yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Had, yeah. Dude, that's, is that where his power lies? Yeah, that's his, where a human keeps their grace. In that's that's where most men keep their power, right? That's <laughs> where my power is. <laughs> Hashtag single guy, right? Yeah. No, we've got Asmodeus. We've got Jack. We've got the return of Castiel. We still got Mary on the board as a player. Yep. And we still oh, have she's a player. The Shadim mm-hmm. is something to be feared. Presumably, moving oh, absolutely. Forward. We don't really know much about that one either. Potentially, the return of uh, Rowena. Mm-hmm. And it is just so much shit going into it. And I think you're right. Season 12 had a lot of these concepts as well, but it didn't feel like most of them stuck. And we didn't know where things were going here. We have a lot of different things moving forward, but it all revolves around Jack. It's yeah. this mad power play, this mad rush to control this powerful entity right. and what he can do. And each player on the board has a reason as to why they want that power, what they have. They have a goal of their own but everyone wants to use Jack as a tool, which I think is going to ultimately be, and we've talked about this at length a lot, ultimately be the main center point of the story. Yep. Yep. And it's, I I really do. Jack was really kind of the missing element from last year. It was a central focus. Yeah. I mean, that's what we said repeatedly. It lacked focus with this tentpole element. Everything else revolves around it. It makes a lot of sense. It makes things work. And I think that season 12, you know, Dab had that style, but again, it didn't have any center point we were moving towards. It was kind of fixing things that had been left wanting or or previous elements like the alpha vampire and what happened in the cult. Things that we wanted to know what the fuck happened. Right, right. Wrapping that stuff up to clean up house for his story moving forward. And now mm-hmm. that we're finally in that, it's been really fucking interesting to watch. Absolutely. It really and has. We're, we're seven episodes in and nothing has fallen off the wagon in as far as content or, you know, what the fuck are we doing here with this? Each part of these, even though there's a bunch of different elements, each one I feel is self-contained at the same time. Yeah. Right. And I'm interested moving forward. And this episode was no different. We've got Richard Spate Jr. returning at the helm as a director. Right. Who we're absolute fans of. He understands Supernatural. He gets the actors so well. And I think it was great to hand him one of these heaviest story content episodes he definitely earned it i mean absolutely the previous three episodes that he has directed has been stellar examples of what he can do so why not give him something that is so lore and mythos driven as this episode i'm i'm happy he handled it and he handled it very very well phenomenally every episode that we that he's done we've all really really liked and i think you know as a group i 
when we really like an episode, it's like, okay, can we get more of that person to do this? And and that's why this was a very good episode for him to to kind of handle because yeah. this had a lot going on and I never felt like, you know, oh man, there's a lot going on. Like I just felt yeah. like it was it handled feel, correctly. Well, yeah. yeah. And when you have an, a director who's not as capable as Spate is right. slowly becoming – you notice little things that mm-hmm. don't feel right. And right. sometimes you may not be able to pinpoint it. If you're just an average viewer, you may say, okay, is it the writing? Is it the editing? Uh, is it the acting? What's off? And nine times out of 10, if all those things are happening, that mm-hmm. they're presenting potential issues and you're questioning that chances are it's the directing. If it's all of it. Yeah. Because that he's the one at fault. Yeah. Ultimately, the director is the one who's responsible for all those elements working together. So if one part is broken, I think you can lay blame at that department in in, in a way. Yeah. But if all yeah. of it's kind of coming together as a mess, that doesn't mean that the content is a mess. It's the structure. It's the structure. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, is the director's job. But Spate has done a f- phenomenal job with each episode he's been given. And it was fun to see him in this with so much stuff being thrown at him by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming. Mm-hmm. Who, again, I know they still have a bit of a stigma as far as some of the fandom goes. I still see it on social media today, but I enjoyed this episode. I thought they did a good job balancing so much shit. Yeah. And again, pair writers with certain directors and make that script shine. And Buckner and Ross Lemming have had their fair share of stinkers. I mean, I think, and I'm not saying that as my own opinion per se, it's the opinion that you hear a lot on it's, social media. Yeah. And I feel like they are putting some distance between those negative connotations uh, by doing fairly decent episodes for the past. I think season 12, they had the strongest episodes as well. Some of the strongest. They had some episodes. of the strongest and some of the weakest. Uh, it was yeah, thank odd. You. Thank you, Thomas. No, <laughs> but here's the thing. Since about halfway through I season had a point 12. Here. He's all, yes, you're right, Michael. And some of the worst. And episodes. some of the worst ones, by the way, just if you forgot about the bad ones that they did. No, but. By the way. My, I'm my, saying. My point is, is that, Thomas, <laughs> yeah. is that you see how you say that and maybe you're strengthening my point. I don't know. But the fact that there's <laughs> negative connotations, I feel that if they keep putting out the episode like, like what we out. saw this last week <laughs> i feel that they're eventually going to be able to rid themselves of that funk all you got to do is put out man and sometimes when you put out you get rid of that funk that's that's called bathing <laughs> oh now i th- i was trying to reinforce your point mike because yeah. while they do have some weaker episodes earlier on in their career since about halfway through season 12 through now They've had some solid episodes. They've had right. ones that I've enjoyed, that the fandom has enjoyed. Yeah. Some of the best moments of season 12 are thanks to them. And the fact that they've done this is I think they're kind of understanding, as you said, pair the writing team with the right director and you can tell the story in a better way. Somebody who understands the story but doesn't care enough or or, or has their own vision and it, they're not in sync We'll have it feel disjointed regardless of the actual content. If you have writers that aren't, let's say they're not A-plus writers, but you have an A-plus director, nine times out of ten, he's going to fix that. He's going to be able to take what's on the page and execute it in a way that it will translate over fluidly, cohesively to screen. And vice versa. You may have an A-plus script, but you may get a director that's like, eh. Yep. And then you're going to bring it down. Yeah. So you got to find your strengths with your director and your writing and then 
sync them together and find the right ones that work together. And that's something that we talked about last season as well, that Dab seems like he's trying to figure out which ones work with who. Work which ones like work who well, well with, together. with yeah. each other that he needs to pair yeah. off for dodgeball. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll take um hmm, Eugenie Ross Lemming. Well, and they're, Brad they're usually picked last. Oh, <laughs> that like, was the last pick. You didn't you didn't hear the other oh. picks before that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think we so need to far, get a big like black writer in there, and he'll be picked first every time. So Medea, <laughs> we just need to get Medea, like <laughs> Tyler Perry in there. Let's just get a get a. Let's just get Tyler. Perry. Let's get like a, a seven foot black dude in there. Big old strapping black man, and he just sounds. Hey, I'm the new writer here, and he'll be picked every time. Yeah. That's just how it is. In school, growing up, it was all, the black dude was always picked first. <laughs> no, but it it does feel like Dab has spent some time kind of figuring out who works well together yeah. and yeah. what strengths can be brought out of whom. You have to just through time, but so far, guys, we we got a ton of stuff to talk about this episode, so we're going to get straight into news. Mm-hmm. We've been hearing a lot about. Mark Shepard's departure from Supernatural. And recently, there has been a little bit of an update. Nothing 100% confirmed. It's been kind of vague. But there's been talk about Shepard not being completely happy with his story and where his character was, that it had run its course. And we were under the impression, as many fans were, that he had left the show of his own volition. However, recently, thanks to Twitter, in fact, Shepard himself has led it to be believed that he did not leave because he wanted to so much, it seems to be more that he wanted his character to do something or felt that his character where he was was not adding anything to the story. Mm. And apparently it seems that the writers themselves took it upon themselves to write him out as a result. So he himself stupid. did not want to leave Supernatural. They kind of made that decision for him mm-hmm. is what it seems to be. Which, and again, th- this is just... Speculation, speculation, right speculation now. based on comments he made on social media. So please take this as a grain of salt. I don't want people tweeting Mark Shepard like, "Hey, the guys on Crossroads said that you were fired." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to be. Hey, Andrew Dabbs. Uh, the guys on the Crossroads said, "Fuck you for firing Mark Shepard." Uh, Andrew Dabbs uh, says, and the guys on Supernatural, <laughs> the Crossroads, <laughs> were totally like. Saying that you said that he said that she said that this person at a supernatural creation entertainment said that uh, you were not uh, leave of your own accord. Is that true? Is that correct, sir? <laughs> that's exactly how I imagine you talk when you troll people on Facebook. That's exactly like, that's how I read as it. he's typing. As he's typing. Oh, that's yeah. exactly like that's the voice in my head as I'm like typing. I'm like you. The voice that I'm like this guy is such a piece of shit. And that's basically it right there. Yep. All right. Now, yes, this is speculation at this time, but Jesus, he also went on to say, you know, sometimes you have to refresh a show. He was happy that he was on yeah. for as long as he was. And he's just happy that it lasted as long as it has. Right. And I think to me, some people took it as, you know, we want Mark Shepard back. We want Crowley back. But again, guys, I like to think that I've always been of the statement that if a character is done, you got to write them out no matter how much you like them. Other shows have suffered by keeping characters on and changing their story trajectory, changing what will happen to certain characters because they're popular or because Mm -hmm. the creators themselves like them. And if you're sacrificing your story for a popularity contest, no matter how much we like them, the whole thing will suffer as a result. And I'm one of the biggest Crowley fans, probably the biggest Crowley fan in this room. Probably, yeah. But one of the biggest fans I know for Crowley, and I still am 
unfortunately, I'm happy with how it happened. Him having a tragic but meaningful end mattered a lot more than just having him hang out on the side and be a background character. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. And I think we had we had said before, you know, we were talking about the characters that we thought should probably go. And, you know, him and Castiel were both brought up. And I think yeah. it, it, the thing that really bums me out about this, and if this is true, is that, you know, Mark Shepard, if he truly didn't want to leave, then it's like, man, they wrote him out for what for what like you know there in my opinion you know we just talked about it earlier but you know they could have wrote out castiel and mark shepherd yeah yeah, there were so many characters they could have wrote out and you know i think this just really kind of bums me out they couldn't write out um castiel because dean was already writing him out plugging him oh was plugging him riding him out riding him outside hey cowboy naked i don't know man i just think that there were there are other characters dean is a cowboy he likes cowboys God. He likes to rope and ride. Rope and ride. Uh, and use his spurs. Shirtless. His what? His spurs. His sperms? His sperms. <laughs> well, he likes to both? use his sperms? Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> well, hi, I like to use... Tape. Hi, my name is Dean. I like to use my sperms. <laughs> Jeez. But no, like... We <laughs> didn't even sound like spurs. No. He just... He's like, spur... That's close enough. Yeah. Yep. Spurs. Spur. <laughs> spurs. Spurs. That's pretty close. Spurs and sperm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds the same. Pretty it's, close. It's idiot word association. Wow. <laughs> now you're calling me an idiot. <laughs> there is evidence right there. Um, no, I just think that, you know, it, it bums me out because of, you know, it, it, there could have been more there. You know, I feel and, like and I think that's perhaps there sucks. could have been more, but I'm glad that they chose to have his character come to an end rather than drag it on well, again and, while they don't have any idea of what to do with it. Yeah. And whether Mark Shepard has any ill will or ill feeling towards the writers, I don't, obviously, he's entitled to that feeling. Right. But at the same time, for those of out there who may be getting upset, the writers for writing them out, it's business. Business dictates. Okay, first off, writing and TV shows is a business. Yeah. And people get laid off. Yeah. And when you're dealing with a show that's been going on for 13 years and you have a character that's been on for what, seven yeah, so yeah, pretty bad. much. Seven, he was yeah. he was on the show longer than most shows even run. So he had a good amount of time, amount of time on the show. And let's not get mad at the writers. They did what they thought they needed to do to kind of bring in new life to the show. And so yeah. far, season 13 is feeling good. So maybe ultimately it was a good decision. I don't also, I also don't want to throw the problems on Mark Shepard's shoulders and say it's all his character's fault and that's why no. we have a solid season. I feel like if they really wanted to, they could have made Mark Shepard's character stay around and really matter to the story. The problem is is the last two seasons and Mark Shepard would probably agree with this is that they didn't really have a purpose for Mark. Right. Yep. And it felt like it was just kind of an afterthought. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if he did this? Hey, wouldn't it be interesting to see him do that? Right. And it started to feel repetitive. So instead of the writers, instead of saying, hey, let's figure out what we can do with Mark Shepard and his character, they decide to say, hey, sayonara. You've had a great run. We love you. And you're done. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. And someday, guess what? It's going to happen to Castiel. It's just. Ultimately, the, it will. The only two characters that will always be here. Until the very end. end. Yeah. The same Dean, yeah. And it has to be like that, whether we want it to be or not. Yep. So, anyway, that's the bit of news. Uh, Also, guys, today we are going to be asking you to call in because you guys will have a chance to win some 
games crotch from camps. you as not crotch cams. Oh, no, that's okay. still in Sorry. the works. But All you right, can win games from USAopoly. If you guys answer the trivial pursuit questions correctly. Oh. So we're gonna have we're gonna tell you guys when, but you will have an opportunity to call into the show directly into our line, and I will ask you three separate questions. And if you get two out of three correct, you guys will win something. Oh my god. Now, Mike, is it a specific game or do they get to choose or is it undetermined yet when it's a coin choose. toss? They can choose Are we game. like Santa and we're just yes. going to give them something or do they get a wish list? No, they, they can <laughs> give us a wish. They can sit on our knee and oh, um, um, ask I, us what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been Not a good like that, boy or a good girl? Now, if you call in tonight when we say to and um, you answer the question correctly, not only will you win your game of your choice, but you're also going to be entered into... Another drawing. Oh, the grand prize? That you will become. Or you actually, yes, you'll be. You, you threw me off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm an idiot. By tonight. words, I'm sorry. Uh, words throw me <laughs> off, guys. Everybody's sorry. silent. <laughs> talking confuses my mind. I just, <laughs> That's that post holiday mic right there. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's Monday. Oh, man. Um, all right. So if you answer the question correctly, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a grand prize. Uh, at the end of our campaign with USAopoly, which ends in approximately two weeks. <gasps> and that grand prize will be the entire gamut of gamut. supernatural nice games from USAopoly. Which includes that was a, a very the Trivial dramatic Pursuit, pause. the Monopoly game, and the Save Your Souls card game, where you can join the hunt with your favorite characters from the TV series. And Claire's a level one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I threw up a little bit in my throat. Each round, you team up with a hunter, angel, or the king of hell himself. But if you don't choose wisely, you could lose your soul, which for some of us is, is you know, I don't irrelevant. have one, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. So you guys can get that at USA. Ryan's Opera. our own Donatello. <laughs> uh, hey, man. Donatello's rad, dude. I mean, it'd be, never mind. These are available exclusively at Hot Topic. So again, when there. we tell you guys to call in, you have the opportunity to do so. Again, it'll be either two or three questions. Answer the majority of them correctly, and you will win and be entered into the draw, uh, drawing for the grand prize. I would ask to play, but obviously I suck at these games, so I'm going to choose not to. If you missed our live game. Shut up, Thomas. You will be able to watch it on demand roughly sometime this week, I believe. Yeah. And Tom, in Thomas all cheated. of somebody's glory. Thomas cheated. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I devised the game pretty fair. It was very fair. He did. I just sucked. That's you, also true. <laughs> you just you just suck at taking tests, I think. Uh, dude, I, I am very bad at taking yeah. tests. I was, that's how I was in school. All right, so not only, Thomas, will that be available later later in the week, but also we have for our Patreon subscribers coming out a bunch of Supernatural content, mm-hmm. three tiers to fit your budget, and you will get more Supernatural discussions all this week. You have the dollar tier this week. 10 minutes at the crossroads, the 13-year Dean dilemma to be a caricature or not to be. We also have a $3 tier also coming out this week, and it's going to be a Eric Kripke update show. So our Patreon bonus show this month that usually goes to the $3 tier subscribers will be an Eric Kripke-eccentric show. Number four, number three, I don't know how to count. Math and words, man. We have the podcast tier option, which will give you the special Wayward Sisters edition discussion this week as well. Yep. 
And that discussion will focus on the genre of the upcoming spinoff series. And fourth is the $10 video cast here, the Supernatural The Crossroads video cast retrospective review of Asylum, season one, episode 10. So all of that, including this show right now, will be out this week. And it, I'm really excited about it, Thomas, because we're finally getting where we need to be with the Supernatural show, right? where it's not just a show. It's becoming a network within a network. The fact that we have all this very various content being released specifically this it's a week, lot of content man. it's it's great it's fun it's awesome and also the way i'm i'm releasing it is um hopefully accommodating the people's budgets meaning if you can't afford the video cast here you can still get additional thing for a couple of bucks yeah right dollar three dollar five dollar ten dollar there it's like go. a mcdonald's I mean, menu yeah i mean <laughs> there's no like you know there's no nuggets we're sorry guys we're, we're you know like we would love to give you nuggets, but especially with sauce. Is that a euphemism? Maybe. Well, anything you say, I automatically assume is dirty. That, well, that's that's good. That's single guy Ryan. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our discussion of season thirteen, episode seven, War of the Worlds. Young men came from hunting, faint and weary. What is that? My dearie. Oh, brother, dear, let my bed be made. Bright field, bright, the woody night The Crossroads video cast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek outs. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to play. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Let me backtrack one second, because this is about representation. That's the new thing right now, is okay. representation. Everybody must be represented. But when I was a kid, I never wanted to play with a with real a terrorist Barbie <laughs> with a realistic toy. I wasn't looking right, for right. representation. I never looked at a toy and wanted to you represent it cool. Right. Right. I never yeah. wanted to represent what I look like. I wanted to escape reality. Yeah. And I wanted to be transported to a different world. You didn't want the Mexican art, uh, you know, exactly. Scratch Armstrong. This is why I played with Luke Skywalker, <laughs> He-Man, and G.I. Joe. Yeah. Everything that I was not. Well, Luke not Skywalker one Mexican. Was not a Mexican. Not so, one yeah. Mexican. Yeah. Yes. You use it to escape reality. You're not playing with a toy because it looks like you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's typically. I mean, if I that's the case, it. why did anyone ever play with Gumby in the 80s? That's silly. <laughs> Nobody looks like Gumby. <laughs> If I wanted to play with a toy that reminded me of me, of me, then I would be, you know, it would be a mediocre looking Mexican Irish pudgy toy with a tiny dick. Do they make that? No. Give me representation, Mattel. I need a tiny dick action figure. <laughs> <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Politic 3 program is reinstated. Open Sesame! 
torch has been handed to other producers to take over the series, I feel like we're going in the right direction. And I can't wait to see what's next. The only downfall is I, I need more cat suits. I need more women walking around <laughs> like Deanna Troy and, and Seven of Nine. What do you what, think? You, you don't want the original Star Trek where it's like those mini skirts? No. <laughs> I need I need Deanna Troy outfits, and I need communicator badges, so I can be like, "Hey, Deanna Troy, can I use your communicator?" All deck. Mine's All deck. not. Mine's not working. Let me use yours, please. <laughs> Let me use yours. I'm not. I'm not trying to touch your boobs. I'll be very careful. I can't use my hands. I'll be so very, I have to use my hold face. Hold on. Watch. Just a little tap. Just see that's all I'm doing. Nothing to be alarmed by. Just a little tap. <laughs> uh, medical attention, please. <laughs> uh, okay, one more. Um, I need uh, to be transported to uh, the hospital, please. Uh, hi, Deanna Troy. <laughs> Star Trek from the Holodeck, the Discovery Edition. Breaking down, analyzing, and discussing every episode of the new hit Trek series on iTunes and Stitcher. Simply search From the Holodeck. You can also find it on the Rain Man Digital app. Just search Rain Man Digital from the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. Have you missed an episode of Supernatural The Crossroads? Catch up on all our discussions. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the RMD app. Just search Rain Man Digital from your iTunes app store or Google Play. Supernatural, the crossroads. That's Ryan. That's my Kickstarter. <laughs> That's your Kickstarter? Yeah. I'm developing a, a hip-mounted hip crotch cam. You can't just afford a, to put a, an iPhone like beneath between your legs? I don't, I don't want to hold it. It's a hip-mounted crotch cam. Get it's it? a whole hard mount. Yeah, you you, it's like a it's like a strap-on, but it's got I your phone. It's like POV. <laughs> Do they really make those? I bet. That'd be awesome. I'll Google I don't it. Don't say you bet. You know. I'm going to Google it. Hold on. Hold on. Let me bring up this tab I, I, I have I saved. I like Let's how see. he specifically <laughs> explained the way the device works. No, you see, it's going to counterbalance based on real. your walking 
the gate that you have is going to be calibrate. I mean, I don't know. Let me check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally came up with that off the top of my head. Sure, you did. I swear to God, you got design documents. You're, you're a regular, you're a regular pervert, Sir Isaac Newton. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton, you can't even speak tonight. God. I, I'm tired over here. Yeah, Sir hard dick. Newton. Here, let me start over. You're a regular Sir Isaac Newton. There you go. Much pervert of dicks. Well, I mean, we have Mr. Skin on this on this network. Okay. We might as well have Sir Isaac Newton. Okay. Anyway. Fuck you. All right. So let's talk about Welcome back, everyone. Now we're talking about Season 13, Episode 7, War of the Worlds. Brian, can you give us a synopsis, I sure can. With Jack in the wild, Sam and Dean look into the recent... Wait, wait. In the wild? (laughs) In the wild? (laughs) Or the animals? Oh, in the wind. (laughs) Wild would have worked. Why'd you guys have to fuck me up? (laughs) Wild. Wild would have worked. Come on, Sam. God damn it, guys. Let's become one with the forest. God, that would have worked. You, you guys, don't need clothes here. You guys fucked me over. Run naked. Here. <laughs> Open up my ass cheeks. I'm going to scratch my asshole on this bark here. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's why we had to stop you, Ryan. We had too much it, funny stuff to say. All right. Well, basically, never mind. All right. With Jack in the wind, <laughs> Sam and Dee look into the recent ritualistic killing of a witch and come across a familiar face. Lucifer, having managed to escape from the apocalypse world, finds himself seeking Castile's aid in stopping Michael. Fuck you guys. All right. Now, this episode, again, written by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming, directed by Richard Spate Jr. This episode had, as I said earlier, a shotgun to the face amount of content. Just just a huge load to the face, dude. Just, it's everywhere. We had so much shit to talk about. We have... Asmodeus returning after yes. a long hiatus as far like for he's gone season, for a while yeah quote he's gone for most of it yep we've got Lucifer's return we've got a little bit more of insight into Michael we see some familiar faces I think the only things we don't see is Mary's whereabouts and Jack specifically right yep and we get some new kind of lore elements it's more of a clarification which is something that I really like about what Dab has done mm-hmm. during his run as showrunner cleaning up some of the stuff that we as fans have had questions about for years. Right. One of which has been the angels. The angels have been a consistent force since season four. And if you think about it there, that means there has been a lot of them that have been fighting and dying since season four. And we get a glimpse into what the ramifications of that are. And that's something that I like about Deb is that, he he pays attention to the ramifications as a fandom. It's not just that there's this limitless supply of angels. It's not that they disappear and there's nothing after death for them. Like he explains some of these things and gives context, which makes the world feel a little bit more real. He's he is pretty good at world building slash retconning yeah. well, in what, some ways. What I like about it is it 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 brings up a question that you didn't even know you like you, you wanted to know the answer to. And I think that's, what's cool is like, you know, we constantly seeing, and I would, I'm going to, I'm going to assume, and I'm going to use my own headcanon here and say that demons are probably the same way. Yeah. And, and so and, probably a lot more of them because they're all yeah, just dick humans. Right. So, but the thing is like, this adds a, another question to our, you know, to us going, okay, they just answered something that I didn't even really know that I wanted the answer to. I don't even know what we're talking about. Like what, what did they tell us? They told us that they're, that, 
angels are not being created. Oh, like, they haven't okay. had a new angel. I haven't created heard it. that actually stated. No, yet. I was I was getting to I was leading up to it, and I was letting Ryan say his. Thing. Yeah, I, I fucked it up. Like I basically <laughs> messed it up. Like I typically do everything that we do on this show. Wow, <laughs> wasn't going that far, but all right. Well, you know the truth hurts, but the, but no. I, I the thing is with with them saying that line, it really it really opened up a lot there, and it also led us again in a direction where it's like, hey, we've got an avenue to go towards or a a problem that we can we can go down that avenue. And it I, gives them something to do, and yes. that's the thing is that yes, that's the what angels I meant say. saying to Castiel that we are facing extinction. Yes. There have not been any angels created since the dawn of time. This gives them something to do that's plot relevant outside of just wanting Jack because he's powerful. The right. question is why. Hell doesn't really need an answer. They're a bunch of dickheads and anything powerful that they can control, that's what they're going to do. Lucifer wanting his power for his own nefarious reasons also doesn't really need to be explained why the angels would seek such a powerful entity when they've ritualistically killed any Nephilims that before they were even born, why give this one the light of day? It's because they have their own ulterior motive, keeping them relevant to the story in a way that doesn't feel contrived. I mean, we've talked about the angels forever mm-hmm. since season four, they were relevant and intrinsic to the plot in seasons four and five. There's a civil war in six. They're non-existent in seven. They fall in eight, but that was more of a demon heavy season and the introduction of the mental letters. Right. There's another fucking civil war in nine. They've killed a lot of themselves. There's a lot of civil wars. But they've, they've always been kind of off to the sidelines since perhaps season nine. They shut themselves out. They didn't want to be a part of the darkness incident and, and fighting Amara except at the last fucking minute because they were threatened, frankly. So now we see that they actually have an agenda that makes sense for the story that doesn't have them feel forced. It doesn't have them take up too much screen time. Yeah. It's like we said earlier, it gives each different party an ability to centrally to, to circle around right. Jack as the main plot device and yeah. give them a reason to go for him. And what can he do for them? Yeah. And more importantly, it doesn't distract from the main story that's happening. It's a nice way to keep them in the thick of it, to remind the audience they're still around. They're not just sitting up in heaven doing nothing. They have a purpose. They have an agenda. They have an end game. And there is a problem that they're facing, their actual extinction, which is very important and vital to the story, not just because it it gives more multiple layers for this season, but also it directly connects Castiel to something else besides the Winchesters and Jack. Yes, it's very important for us to always, for the writers to always connect those characters together. Otherwise, there's no point to Castiel. But how do you raise the stakes for his character? Give him contradiction. Mm-hmm. Conflict. But also, I, I want those contradictory emotions of, okay, well, Jack, I swore to protect Jack. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, we already know Castiel feels guilty and he will always feel guilty for the part he played in the angel's demise in the fall a right. massive amount not just the fall not just the revolution against god lucifer or god castiel just killed murdered thousands created presumably. a civil war in heaven so he feels responsible for a lot of the the angel death so to bring he that may have up, more angel blood on his hands than any other <laughs> character in the story yeah maybe even the, more than the darkness 
who yeah. smited them all? I would I would say yeah. He yeah. did he did a lot of things. So for them to even bring that element in, not only does it put them on simmer in the background and to keep them relevant, but it also raises the stakes emotionally for Castiel because he's going to uh-huh. have those contradictory thoughts, well, or feelings like, well, on one hand, Jack, I promised that I'm going to protect him. Right. And on this hand over here, I'm I single-handedly responsible for the deaths of millions of angels. And if they continue that story element for Castiel and you keep both of them and he's balancing both of them throughout the season, even if it bleeds over to season 14, I feel like that's that's how you keep Castiel relevant. That's how you keep keep him important to the story, giving him those types of issues to deal with. It's and, it's smart. And it makes it allows for parallels to be drawn between him and Jack, keeping him thematically relevant because yeah. he too is from two different worlds. He too has conflict. He while he's great friends with the Winchesters and perhaps a lover of Dean, there oh, is <laughs> God, come on. He has this entire part of him that you know, he is an angel. He has some responsibility to them. He has that's his home. That's he's known that far longer than he's known the Winchesters. And that conflict perfectly matches up with Jack's. What is Jack's true purpose? Does he side with one part of him or the other? Where is that line? How do we make those decisions? I mean, anybody who's had to struggle with their family or has had a struggle with belief or faith or anything like that, where you feel like there's a part of you that differs from an inherent other part, whether it's, you know, you, your parents are two different faiths or your sexuality doesn't match up with your religious beliefs. Anybody who's had internal conflict can identify with these characters Yeah, in ways that while we love Sam and Dean, I don't feel like those characters could give us the same message. And this is where Castiel can shine. As you said, Mike, this is where you keep him relevant to the story in a way that isn't just let's de superpower, let's de power him. Nerf him. Let's nerf him and there just say, go. fuck it. We'll leave him on a bus as a homeless person. Yeah. Like, yeah. It allows you it to grow with the character. Yeah. Yeah. And it also helps throw, it helps to throw more hurdles at Jack as well for various reasons. We already have seen Jack deal with the issues in front of him. He's a very naive character. He, for all intents and purposes, he's a newborn. And right. to be grown as to to be born as an adult in this universe and somebody wants something from everyone seems to want something from you. Even people who he trusts like Sam, he finds out that Sam wants to use him as well to get his mother back. Now, what if Jack then finds out that the angels need him now to Make prevent life. their extinction? Yeah. Let's say Castiel confronts him and says, hey, this might be something you might want to do. It's going to create red flags. Now somebody else, somebody who's supposed to love me. Who I'm supposed to be able to trust inherently. Now he's asking me for something. Do I trust him? Do I feel like I'm being manipulated? Which Jack doesn't know who to trust. So all of this goes right back to that. And that's the thing is like it's written into a way that doesn't feel contrived there have been other times where you could say why the fuck is this character acting like that yeah there's no reason they should know better blah 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 jack you can you bypass that entirely because as you said he's a newborn he's got a a lifespan of a month 
you don't know. He doesn't know how to think. He doesn't know how to act. And the thing is, like, he he's not nuanced to the to the human, you know, condition yet. So yeah. it's very it's very weird place for him because, like, like Mike said, everyone wants something, and they've him. already set it up. Asmodeus, he was manipulated by him yep. already. He, I don't want to say he was manipulated by Sam, but Sam wanted something and yeah. wasn't upfront about it. Right. right now, you have the angel situation. Yep. Now, what's Lucifer going to want from him besides just He's wanting want something? Right. So Lucifer. all these are are just elements that are stacking up mm-hmm. against that focus point of this season, which is Jack. Yep. And it even plays into the threat of Michael because Lucifer and Castiel could theoretically want his help to defeat Michael. They want his help to bring angels back, make a new host of heaven, essentially. Lucifer wants him for his raw power to do God knows what. And all of those things, there's not a single person except perhaps his mother who's no longer in his life who doesn't want something from him, who doesn't have an ulterior motive. And that's one place in which I could see perhaps Dean shining through with a change of heart as to what his perspective of Jack is. Sam, despite his good nature, wanted Jack to do something. He still wanted something from him. Dean didn't want him around. So if Dean sticks up for him in any way, honestly, that might be a more genuine, heartfelt statement in Jack's eyes because he's the one person who didn't want him to do something. And if he wants him around just to have him around because he deserves to live, that might be the only route in which we can pull him back from the brink. And again, this all kind of leads into our theory that Jack could easily be This is the beginning of the downfall for a character, watching a villain come to life in a very sad way that doesn't feel over the top. And look how much building they can do, how much character building that they're building without a character even being there. That's how you know they're on the right track. The fact that you can still build up that wall of potential confrontation and the character's MIA. He's not even around. Nobody even knows where the hell he is. That's huge, dude, to to take a character that – is obviously going to be the focal point of the season and give us character development and the motherfuckers off in the wild. He's the wild card. Yeah, you know, like he's the wild card this year. Yep. I know I said that about what Mr. Catch last year. Yep. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but this one I'm going to be right about. <laughs> oh, you're going to be right. be right about this I'm going to keep saying it until I'm eventually. Yeah. Right. Eventually, you know, like a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. So like whatever. Isn't that bro. your, your dating motto? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm the blind one. Enough swipes, and eventually someone will swipe the right Eventually, I'll get a blind one. (laughs) Why are they using Tinder, then? Uh, uh, Uh Um, Uh-huh. Yeah. Thomas. Yes. Blind people use dating apps, okay? Do they use Tinder? Why wouldn't they? They Think about that for just a second. They read the profiles. They can still... They have a speak and spell version. They have apps. The deuce says... Okay. Meow. We have a blind host on this network. I mean, we do. Right. I'm sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's an app that reads things to you. I'm not saying there isn't an app that reads things to you. I'm saying Tinder's entire who's, basis wait, who's blind? is he, he's good looking. Will it tell you that? Does the, <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, look does, at me. Does the Seven app, out of ten. Does the, does the app tell you if he's good looking or bad looking? <laughs> I I don't know. That's Grinder. You keep saying he. So I, I Thomas would be able to answer that question. It doesn't have that function yet. Oh, that's Grinder. <laughs> he does have a Grinder profile. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> I, I made him one. <laughs> Andrew's like, I gotta find this profile. He's been looking for years. Anyways. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, there is, it is a lot to say that Jack has this potential without even being in the episode. Yeah. And I think the 
of all the people that want his help, the main one is Lucifer and Castiel with the direct threat of alt-universe bizarro Michael showing up and wrecking fucking house because he is not to be fucked with. And now Lucifer isn't much of a threat. He gets he gets neutered. Which is interesting. They've done it in a way that didn't feel completely contrived. There have been cases of that just recently. Now, now my question here, and and this is this is something that I I, I probably should know the answer to, kind of like the game show. Um, the the so Lucifer obviously loses his grace. Some of it. Some of it. Now he lost his mojo. I was exactly. I was under the impression, and the way they made it sound is that he could like it would replenish itself. Yeah, that's what I got. Okay, yeah, did you guys get that too? Okay, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like making that up when I when I heard that because from the way I interpreted it was that, it, yes, he lost some of it, but it will replenish itself over time. That's what so, I got from uh, it too. Okay, That cool. is my I, current understanding. That's all yeah. I wanted to know because I, I I was like, man, did I hear that wrong or am I to just- To my yeah. knowledge, the only characters who have lost Grace in any way have lost all of it, which is Castiel. Castiel right? And he got what little remained and he ended up being back to where he was. Okay. You know, except for the whole- lack of ability to fly that whole thing so i think lucifer's will get it back and they made a point to show that him traveling between the dimensions takes a lot out of you yeah and it's only been like a day not even so i think he'll be back on the board soon enough but he's never been depowered so who knows how long that'll take but it also happened in an alternate dimension and who knows what the rules are there yeah that's true and this is an element that i feel they succeeded in. I know in the past they've kind of struggled when they brought back Lucifer to find him an actual story besides, hey, I'm angry at my father. I'm going to bring Armageddon. And I'm not complaining about what they did with him for the first five seasons. I felt like that was. That made sense. Yeah, it made sense. But since then, even though I love Mark Pellegrino, I think all of us do. Right. And the character Lucifer, they've always struggled to find purpose for him. And I think we can definitely say that this season is the first season since season five, where they actually gave him a, an arc, a story. Yeah. He has an agenda and a purpose. There's a clear starting point and you can see an ending just over the horizon. Yeah. So, and I don't, when I say ending, I don't mean like he's going to die. I just mean, you see the arc beginning and you, right. and you can see the potential of where it can go. And that alone makes his character his character worthwhile this season and worthy of being in the show. Because as we say a lot of the times, when you bring characters back, sometimes they just kind of sit in the background in static mode and they never really do much. This is how you bring a character back and where he to the point where he actually matters in the show. You give him a drive and not just a reckless i'm gonna destroy the world drive like last season because while that even him, sense, given, silly in some ways right give him an emotional drive mm-hmm. give him a purpose and that's what they did it's I, solid yeah and i liked it because season 11 while it was fantastic to have him come back into the story he really was waiting around until he could find something to defeat amara which right. even he was lying to himself about the ability to do that and then it was kind of like you know beef with dad and season 12, as we said, it was this apocalyptic view of things, this, you know, I have no purpose element, which was dark and interesting. It also feels a little out of character. Like they're just like, ah, eh, we don't have anything to say with him. Yeah. Having his grace taken away and depowering him. And you needed to as well. Yes. Like if you're going to give him a story and He's, you need to have him around, yep, yep. You, you need to nerf him. Yep. 
He's too powerful. Yeah. He's far too powerful. Because imagine if he, they didn't nerf him and they try to give him the story, we would feel slighted as Supernatural fans and Lucifer fans that, like, wait a second. He, this Why the guy, fuck would he want to help This guy them? is all powerful. Why the hell yeah. are you able to do that, Asmodeus? Come on. We would be annoyed. Yeah. And so they had to do this. In order to make his story work, you had to make him the underdog. You had to rocky him. Well, it also gives Asmodeus a, a reason to rebel. I mean, and we'll get into this right. in a little bit, but it was obvious to a fair amount of people that he didn't really care for Lucifer. They didn't really have a friendship. He fucking hated the guy, but he had no ability to stop him. Yeah. Now, again, like the angels, it gives Asmodeus a reason to strive for Jack's powers. It gives him a reason to rebel against Lucifer. It gives people a reason. It gives Lucifer a reason to work with Castiel and be this this borderline frenemy for the time being because there is a frenemy. worse there is a worse the enemy of my enemy is my friend friend yep and that's exactly what's going into play here because michael from the alternate reality is so much more powerful is so much more of a vindictive bastard than the michael we knew right. the michael we knew was borderline a dick but i don't imagine that the alternate universe michael being thrown into hell would have the breakdown that apparently our Michael has. I imagine him being a lot more of a violent dickhead and surviving that. Yeah. I mean, the one it's, it's you're a product of your environment. Exactly. Yeah. Michael's a product of that universe and what happened and how everything unfolded for him over there. So there is a clear difference for all intents and purposes. This is not the same person like well, at I, all, even I, though it is. I, I right. agree. I just, I also get a very sadistic, vibe from the Michael yeah. from the other and, and i think and you're right mike to an extent you're a product of your environment but the thing is if you're a sadistic asshole you're gonna make your environment the way you want it and i think that's what we're seeing here is is that scorched earth isn't because it was meant to be scorched earth it's because fucking mike didn't did care it. he didn't give a shit and i think you know if you're you're sadistic psychopath like i i get the vibe from him he is no matter where you are you're gonna turn your environment into whatever the fuck you want it to be and Especially see, if you got that power. Especially when you compare him to the Michael we knew. The Michael we knew showed remorse about having to kill Lucifer, about this was that this was their fate. He didn't want to have to do it. And he had this dickhead, but also slightly benevolent towards humanity. This will be for the greater good. You have to let this happen. He had the, the Michael intentions. from Bizarro Realm is just a, is just a fucking asshole and yeah. does not care. He only cares about himself. And I think you're right, Ryan. That world doesn't have to be that totally fucked. It was probably because he had zero care mm -hmm. for any human, much like our Lucifer did. You also got to remember that that world's also the product of not having Sam and Dean. Exactly. Right. And they're definitely trying to draw a huge comparison there. Yeah. It's a very different Because we place. don't know. Maybe Michael would have become that without having the Winchesters going up against him. We don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing about alternate realities. There's so many, there's infinite questions and infinite possibilities. Yeah. I, I liked the way they depowered Lucifer in this. It didn't feel contrived. I mean, it's used to open a hole in reality for him to sneak back through, which I did like that. I laughed. I did too. I was like, you, you guys like, fucked up. Him. All that was missing was his middle finger. Like as he went out, as he went out, <laughs> that needed to happen. That would have been so funny. Like they did Suck the, the, the scene dick. from Terminator. Dun, 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 dun. Instead of the thumbs up, it's a fucking yeah. That would middle awesome. finger. That would been fantastic. Yeah, but he bailed fast. He was no hesitation out of there, dude. <laughs> Can you it. blame him though? Like fuck, dude. I would have done the same fuck shit. This place. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think he had perhaps the greatest moment trying to kill that, you know, snooty rich lady. Yeah, that was funny. That was great. That was fantastic. It was a little disappointing, but it was also funny watching him just go like, ah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> These were, are spear fingers. You know what? Okay. Was I the only one who thought that he actually entered into the other alternate universe where there's no powers, where there's oh, no just, angels? That no, would have been hilarious. That, that would have been good. Originally, that's where I thought he went when he had no power <laughs> at all. Was I'm like, oh yeah. wow, he just crossed over to the uh, was the French Our mistake, world. French mistake, the French mistake universe. Yeah, that would have been kind of funny. That would have been sad. It wouldn't have really made a lot of sense, but that's the first thing that came to mind when he had no power. Because <laughs> I didn't realize you'd lose all your power like that. Because they've never really established that before. If you yeah, lose, you know, right. a partial amount of your grace and then travel, so yeah, I thought it was funny. It made it brought some comedy to an otherwise pretty. Um, heavy story driven episode yeah. yeah yeah i was okay with it sometimes i feel like you know i think we said this last week uh with the caricature aspect sometimes mark pellegrino ends up being mark pellegrino as lucifer right and it works for the small amount of episodes he's in but um i think you gotta be very careful with that too yeah whereas this is a circumstance where i felt like it worked yeah. Yeah. it fits with it, his it very worked. with his dry sense of humor yeah it worked yeah, yeah. And then we see him teaming up with Castiel, which I will say immediately I got afraid that they were going to have Cast do the same shit where he teams up with somebody, doesn't tell the Winchesters, it bites everyone in the dick, not in the ass, in the dick. Wow, right in the like, tip of the right dick. Right in the taint. Right it was going to be bad. hole is. And I liked that they didn't go down that road. They I showed didn't some, go down on the some dick. restraint. God. God damn it, man. <laughs> I okay. How can you bite a hole? The hole. Don't the tip. Oh, come on, dude. The tip. Urethra. Yeah, yeah. your your pee pee hole. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anatomy no, with you know fifth well, grade Ryan. So, so <laughs> the pee pee hole. <laughs> Simple like, Jack. But I um, but I like how I understood what you say when yeah, you said. Like, I know. Oh, 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 yeah. Got it. Oh yeah. So oh, that that makes so Thomas, I agree. Urethra. What's that? Yeah. Oh, pee pee hole. Oh, pee pee hole. Yeah. So, well, he has a kid, whatever. He knows. He did her pee pee hole for him, sure. So, Thomas, Wait, I, I. What? Don't worry about it. So, Thomas, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you because I, at first, dude, when, I, when Castiel gets the call from Dean, and I'm like, you better fucking tell him. You better. Like, I, I yeah. every time I roll my eyes, it's like, dude, no matter what show it is on CW, it's like, hey, we're not going to fucking tell the truth. Woohoo. Like, we're going to keep things from everyone. It just seems like it's a CW thing. And it bugs the hell out of me because we, we get that shit on DC shows on CW. So right. I start to roll, I was starting to roll my eyes and I started to think about, I had to stop and think about it more. Like why would he tell them yet until he has like full on an idea of what's going on? I just, it seems, it seems like that's such a product of like lie to each other, lie to each other, lie well, to each I'm other. I'm glad they didn't go down that road because this is something we talked about before, even with the cosmic entity saying why why go back and be a continuing fuck up and keep making the same mistake being this disappointment this him not just siding with lucifer and keeping it a secret for the safety of jack and calling dean and having them come out to find him yeah i'm glad they did that because otherwise it would have been this is the same goddamn MO. thing that castiel's done before i'm glad that asmodeus basically inter interfered and kidnapped both of them at this point. Right. And I liked how Lucifer being weaker plays into that whole idea. You have this two different father figures for Jack working together for ulterior motives, but kind of the same goal. 
currently. I, I and I didn't anticipate that because I figured Lucifer would be in the alternate reality most of the longer, season. Yeah, that's what I figured. But the fact that they brought him now face to face with Castiel and they pretty much have the same end goal to yep. find Jack. Yep. It's putting things in place that I wasn't expecting. Are they setting this up to be some type of emotional angle later where Jack is going to have to choose between his fathers? Because if that's the case, Castiel isn't a wordsmith. No, he's not. The master manipulator is Lucifer. Is he going to find a cunning way to connect with Jack in a way that no one else could or can? Because think about it. They have a lot in common as well. Yeah. He's an outsider. Jack feels like an outsider. They're alone. I mean, they can. He can definitely start manipulating him to. He's manipulated uh, everyone else. Dude, yeah. Lucifer's gonna win. He's a cunning linguist. Yeah, I know. Stupid. You're such a god. Damn it! You can't tell your joke and then. Continue. I looked like, at him too, and he's just waiting. And he starts smiling. He's like, "Yeah, there's no punchline, <laughs> Brian. Yeah. You his, nailed it. His punchline is the <laughs> is a smile that no one else can see. Fucking Jesus. That's okay. As long as I laugh in my own head, then it's good. <laughs> Remember, simple Jack. But no, anyway, you're right. You're right. And okay. I think the thing that I really want to see, and I actually would be really cool with this, is making Jack choose between Lucifer and Castillo. Yeah, I want I, that to happen. I now. want it to happen because now it, it, it's it's that it's gonna sound. We always use this this, but it's Anakin. Yeah, it's Anakin mm-hmm. making that choice, and it always hurts. And they, that's what they've built Jack up to, like to a to a, a point where we're like, man, we really we really like this character. Now he's going to have to make a tough decision. And the tough decision is either going to make us go, ah, or it's going to make us go, ah. And I think that's a good character. When yeah. you give that type of conflict with two characters that most people like, you know, yeah, we're not supposed to like Lucifer, but we do. And that's, dude, that's going to be a rough scene. Without taking the fangs out of Lucifer, there yeah. is a part of me that wants him to be sincere about finding his son. Can, yeah. it, can it be... Uh, and, and can it be also connected to his own narcissism? Please. Yes. Keep it that way. That's part of it. That's part of Lucifer. Right. He's a very narcissistic individual. Keep that there. But also let's see for, I would, if we're giving Lucifer an arc, right? This season for the Seems first time, like yeah. then why not bring out some sincerity mm-hmm. within his character? We saw a little bit of that in season 11. Yes. A little bit. We did very, just a little bit amount, just a little bit. And I think it made all the difference when he connected with Chuck Mm -hmm. and I feel like they can do the same thing. Like, let's not take the fangs out of him. Let's keep him that, you know, that ambiguous character where we're not really sure what he's going to do. But at the same time, it would be nice to make his story arc feel legit by giving it a true emotional angle for him as well. Yeah. And I think they've, they need to just commit, right, Thomas? Yeah. I mean, if they're giving him the arc, then let's commit to it. it. Let's do everything that comes with it. I think they have to. I think that's the only way in which we buy into Jack choosing to go to Lucifer's side. I think it's the only way we buy into that and not scream at our TVs like, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Lucifer has a semblance. the chosen one. If he has a semblance. I have the high ground. General empathy or sympathetic, sympathetic tendencies in any way because of where he's at right now and, and the hand he's currently has to play. It'll make it that much more believable, that much sadder when it eventually does happen. So I I agree. I think they have to commit to that fully. And we're starting to see that a little bit, not just because he lost his powers. But, I mean, when he's talking to, you know, fan favorite returning character Kevin, 
what the fuck are you doing working with Michael? He's the evil one. God, you just, you, God, you just love that. Yeah. He just waits for it, dude. For I why? Mean, what are you talking about? Why are you, what scenario, how fucked are things in which Lucifer is the actual good guy voice of reason? But yeah. dude, like that is such a fucked up, like mind, like mind fuck in general. Like we're like, yeah, Lucifer's such a, you know, he's a bad guy. Blah, blah. And then in that scene, you're like, oh wait, God, he's right. Yeah. Holy crap. Like it, dude, that spins you around. And there's a lot of questions as well. Uh, surrounding lucifer which i like meaning okay if he is this guy that's intent on bringing destruction right Mm -hmm. okay right then why is he why is he not happy at this other earth he hates it because he's never really war torn and destroyed it's a pigsty he doesn't like it he keeps putting it down so well he said it in the beginning of this episode even i i know and that's what i'm trying to say like there's a lot of questions that they're posing for the audience surrounding lucifer right what is his point what's his agenda besides jack is he truly trying to be the good guy does he want to save earth the same fate as this other world right i i don't know if i'm ready for that if i want him to save the day if saving the day is connected to connected to him i think that's the only way it will work If if it helps boost his own narcissism that he's the one who's saved. If he finds a way to rub it in the face of the Winchesters, like who would have thought I'm the good guy? Like if they do it, <laughs> yeah. if, if they do it the right way to where it's antagonizing, mm-hmm. then it could work. <laughs> and here's the thing. I've always been okay with that concept because since his introduction as a character, Lucifer has not been anti earth or God's right. creations. He says that much in this episode there. He's like, I'll give the old man this. He he was very creative. He did a great job. He had beauty and hope and wonder. And and that's why I like this pers- person uh, th- this version of Lucifer so much because he's not just evil guy with pitchfork and horns, yeah. you know. He is more nuanced than that. He hated humans. And I remember and he's I was jealous of him. I will stand yep. by it to this day. In season five, when he explains why he wants to exterminate humans, you're sitting there like, you know what? Yeah, he's, he's got a point. Humans suck. Do people suck in general? Now, season 12, he had the whole, there's no point to anything. I'm just going to keep destroying. But well, that, that's like Dab had no point. He because, was keep destroying. Well, too. there's that too. I wasn't going to go down that road. But <laughs> not only is there a little bit of that unfocused element coming into play with his character in season right. 12, but he also just had his father abandon him again. So he's going to feel that loneliness, that emptiness. So that could come across into his actions. But even then he killed more people than he like did, you know, national or, or natural disasters and destroyed things. Mm-hmm. He killed right. people. And that was always what he's wanted. Yeah. And you so, bring up a great point that I didn't put in the show notes cause I forgot, but when Michael was torturing him, questioning him, and in order for him to find out about Lucifer's world and where he's from, right? Lucifer said nothing but nice things. Yeah. Yes, it wasn't him. It was some type of Wonder Woman, you know, truth. Rope. It was what he really felt about. Right. Earth. It, it wasn't him saying it, but he found a way to bring out the truth from within his mind, how he truly felt about Earth. And that's an interesting moment, because what does that mean? The writers would not have put that in there. To simply sell the idea or the concept of Earth One it's to so Michael, pretty. yeah, yeah, he didn't need he they didn't need to do that. There was a specific reason why they wanted the audience to be 
privy. Mary could have said that stuff. Exactly. They wanted the audience to be privy to how Lucifer truly views the earth deep in his subconscious. Yeah. When he didn't even know what the fuck he had just said. Yeah. I really like that moment because that they could do. It's just so many possibilities. Yeah. With that small element. There was a lot of character building for Lucifer. In this, this episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. It, I'm interested to see where it goes. And this, again, is something that I am very happy about with season 13 is that there are all these different characters circling around Jack as the focal point. But each one of them have their own unique fleshed out reason as to why they would want his power. What do they have to gain from it? You know, and even Michael in this point has a reason to go after Jack. If he as soon as he finds out about him, he's going to go for him. Mm -hmm. There's no reason he fucking wouldn't. And the question is, how exactly is he going to get there? We know we have Kevin in the alternate bizarro world. That's directly playing into how to get Michael to our earth. Yeah. And it was interesting to see. It, it was fun to see Osric Chow back at the helm of Kevin. I know he's a big fan favorite. And it was nice to see that there is some consistency between the worlds. We know that there's a Bobby. We know there's a Kevin. There are these similar characters. But Kevin is still a prophet in this reality. Which is a little thing, but it does give us a little bit of like, all right, here's the framework yeah. rules yep. for the dimensions for all of existence. Yeah. Some things destiny are guaranteed to happen. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, and and I, again, my head cannon comes into play a lot here, but it's like, you know, it, destiny, Kevin is a prophet. He's going to be a prophet. And I wonder, I, I, my guess is like, if there are more than one, you know, multiverse or whatever you guys and we're not yeah gonna, there's like a handful or maybe yeah, there's a trillion who sure knows? yeah who knows but i would i'm gonna guess that 99 percent of the time kevin's a prophet like i just feel like that's his destiny that that character that person will become a prophet yeah and i think uh, again i think that's cool that you know they gave us that kind of i don't want to say easter egg or or but bit of lore or or yeah is is cool because you know, yes, Osric is a a huge fan favorite, and and I think we all agree we all liked Kevin, the, yeah. the original. Yeah. So I mean, it was cool to see, but I think that's even cooler. You know, it, it answers some questions that we had. Obviously, Rufus was different. You know, that was a different thing. Right. But 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 that's where what Thomas said, which I like that is mm -hmm. there's some general framework that's consistent, and I think that needs to be kind of laid out when you're dealing with alternate worlds and destiny, especially since destiny has been such a huge part and going against your destiny and being for in your know, team free will going against the grain and what fate has told you how you must live your life and how the road ends for you. So when you're dealing with all these things throughout the last 12, 13 years mm -hmm. and you throw in the equation of alternate realities, there has to be new ideas laid out as to how those elements actually work as a cosmos when you're taking the entire cosmos into play and i think something as small as a prophet is a prophet no matter where he's at is a nice way to start laying down the general framework of how everything works because obviously we know humans are going to be a little different right right mm -hmm. no matter what bobby's going to be different but one thing that can and will be consistent is the prophets it, it helps shed a bit it's of cool. light on how things work which they're going to have to do now that they're delving into these areas 
You know, they can't just throw these new concepts out I mean, and, and I, not uh, and not expand on. I it. think you know, in this other universe, that Chuck should be a prophet, not God. You oh. know, just like just saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Hot Ruby should be Chuck. Oh, should be Chuck? Yeah, I just <laughs> her name's hot. Chuck and she's God. I just want Hot Ruby. Yeah, in her reality, she's just known as Hot Ruby. Dude, that would be- <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. All right, we need to uh, take a call for Trivial Pursuit. Ooh. So Thomas. Ooh. Um. What? First person to call, we're going to take your call. That's how it is, right? First person to call, we'll take their call. I would think so. Yeah, that's pretty. First person to call, you can suck it. <laughs> seems, pretty, <laughs> seems pretty, seems like a no-brainer. Uh, the phone number to call in is 818-394-0279. That's 818-394-0279. Thomas has your Trivial Pursuit question in hand. He is standing by to take your call. Well, I'm sitting, but you get the idea. And he has prizes. Various prizes, courtesy of USAopoly. And you can choose which game you want. Whichever one you want. We've got the Trivial Pursuit. We've got Monopoly Supernatural Edition. Both of which we've done an unboxing. If you guys have seen those, you can check out all the stuff that's in those games. Or the Joined the Hunt. Oh, Oh, that was fast. That was fast. Damn. Let me see if I can answer it fast. That's the bigger issue, I think. Hey, where'd it go? (laughs) Where'd it it go? It disappeared on me. <laughs> just like just like your penis. Hey, you know what? <laughs> That's terrible. Uh call back. Call back. <laughs> Pretty please. Bre- breaker breaker one nine. Here we go. There we go. You got one? Take it, take it away, Thomas. Hello, you're on with Supernatural the Crossroads. Who's this? Hey guys, it's Tabitha. Hello, Tabitha. Are you ready to play Trivial Pursuit Supernatural Edition? I guess I guess we'll find out. <laughs> now, does she get to use Google, or does this have to be all memory, or are we not going to be able to tell either way? <laughs> you know what? If she can Google in 15 seconds, then... That's pretty impressive. You know That's what? impressive. Yeah. That's a separate skill. All right. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start out with a, a fairly easy one, I think. Which organization did Sam okay. and... Which organization did Sam and Dean's paternal grandfather belong to? Oh. Paternal? Paternal. Father's side. Men of letters. And you would be correct. Ding, 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 ding. And she won. That was easy. Wow, that was really easy. Ryan should have got that one. No, I don't think I would have you know got what? that one. Did you actually know that one? I knew that one. Did you? I would have fucking would, would you have beat forgotten? Thomas on that. Would no, it have been I, on I the ceiling a- of your mind? <laughs> you got to admit, that was, not, I would say a shining moment for you, Ryan, but it was the opposite. It was a turd moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. Let's see here. No, just one. One? She, she won. won. Yeah. Oh, we're doing out of two. No, only two if she loses, if she misses yeah, the, she first the first one. one she right. won. Well, let's do a second question so she can just test her knowledge there anyway. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. Well, we just started. Okay. All right. <laughs> what visual clue he's gives trying, a shape He's trying to away? harvest. He's trying to harvest new potential teammates. Yeah. I'm also he, trying to study some questions. Yeah, he's trying to <laughs> That's see. That's cheating. I'm That's like, cheating. He's like, hey, Tabitha. If you uh, yeah. had a chance to play the game, whose team would you have been on? Let's let's get controversial. Would you oh, have, yeah. Are you Team Blue Fire Thomas or Single Guy Ryan? This is the real <laughs> question. Answer? This is the real question. Did she say uh, she wants to show? Is, do you want an honest answer? Yes. Ryan's sweating over there. Um, I was. I was a little worried about how well this person would do, so I wanted to be on their team. I thought I would be helpful. 
team single guy Ryan. Oh. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I like I, how I, she chose her words very carefully. Very yes. carefully. You know, she's got a future in politics. She, in she, other words, she, what she said was, Ryan's going to fucking suck, so I'm going to be on his team. No, I think what she wanted to make sure was that there was no stalking around the bend like she's all i'm gonna make sure he knows that i just wanted to help him oh, this wasn't a, this was. wasn't me swiping right <laughs> oh gotcha gotcha got it totally makes sense all right we gotta it wasn't completely out of pity <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just like a hard 80 percent uh, all right we gotta uh, we gotta go uh tabitha i will contact you on facebook uh sometime tomorrow and get what um and get your address as well as what game you want. All right? Sounds good. All right. Thank you for Congrats, calling. Congrats, Tabitha. Thanks, Thanks Tabitha, for, for the pity. And that. That made my <laughs> day. Shut up, Thomas. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Great evening. Bye. Great evening. <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs> Why All is right. that? Why is that funny? It's it funny was completely out it. of. It was completely. Well, I didn't know if she had hung up, so I didn't want to like hang up on her. Right, Be rude. Lose listeners that way. <laughs> she just won a game. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Fuck these guys! They just gave me a free game. <laughs> I'm gonna hang up now. Fuck them. All right, guys. Don't forget that we also do a lot of additional stuff on Patreon, including the Crossroads wayward sisters edition where we're going to be talking about the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series for just five dollars or more a month you get access to the additional episodes the upcoming one for this month where we said this earlier in the show we will be talking about what genre will the wayward sisters take moving forward will it be horror element will it take place more in supernatural's world or will it kind of be its own thing moving forward and what options do they have available to them that would fit for their story without feeling too separate from supernatural as a whole and so i'm i'm interested in that we've got some ideas uh we will also have the 10 minutes at the crossroads talking about Kripke in additional episodes, a lot more stuff. If you guys head on over to patreon.com slash rainman digital, you can get access to all of that stuff. Stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Now, we know Michael has a plan to come to Earth. We know he's got a ritual which allows him to do so. The only advantage that the bro- the brothers Lucifer, the entire team Free Will 2.0 essentially has is that it looks like that portal only allows one person through. That was a nice little, uh, you know, a nice little caveat, but it does because it does limit how much. I mean, if he brought his entire angelic force, we'd be fucked. Maybe they, oh, need, we'd be they need to find some type of angelic plug, you know, the kind of like, plug, kind of like a plug, little flared wings on it. Something yeah. that will help keep it open and get it used to right. opening up wider. But as you so it's like a it's like a gauge, right? You know, it's like at some point, you know, you go to a, a zero to a double zero and then like, yeah, yeah. And it's but, but, it's, but it's for your butt. I, I wonder if Kevin can find that in the I'm angel sure Kevin tablet. can totally find that. He you looks know, like he. Uh, totally oh, look! Here's the out. passage on the angel butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm translating this right. Yeah, it says butt plug. I think the problem, Michael, is that you just want to open your, it right up too your fast. Your sphincter is so you tight. Gotta lube it up. I you, said, you can't fit more than one in there. You got to start small. Yeah. yeah. So I have a spell for an angelic. I'm going to call it. I'm going to coin this phrase: butt plug. Yeah, an angelic the, the, rift butt plug. They is, don't know what a butt plug is. Their is, reality like, have no butt plug. Yeah, that, yeah, that's. I don't think they have butt holes in that. Oh, in they, that reality. They poop so, out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. 
It goes in and comes right back That's out. It's a horrifying <laughs> existence. <laughs> it sounds like a Rick and Morty episode. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Good oh, God. God. But I, I do like the fact that that only allows for one person to go through because, again, if Michael had the ability to bring the whole bizarro host of heaven through, yeah. we'd be fucked, especially since we now know that Angel's numbers have significantly dwindled. And with him being as powerful as he is, it allows us to have a realistic way in which we could beat him yeah. by having literally everyone else gang up on him. Plus, we have Jack on our side at the moment. And they're and they're raising the stakes against Earth One, whatever you want to call our Earth, because they Earth W they with stated <laughs> they stated that um, the angels are dying out, which means they're obviously their numbers are very small. Dozens so, of us. Technically, I don't think he needs an army. I, I feel at this point, the way they have they're setting it up, Michael and all his power can cross over and he doesn't need He doesn't need anybody else. Yeah, he doesn't need an army behind and him. He doesn't I, give a shit. I, about I think on else. his own he he uh poses a risk. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see what they do with him. And will he have to sacrifice part of his own grace in order to travel through? Would that weaken him significantly? Uh, you know, I, obviously it's going to. That's going to be the only way he's going to get across unless there's unless a, there's angels. Raphael or Gabriel yeah. in that reality, which is possible. Oh, here comes Richard Spate Jr. again. Yeah. Uh, we also have a little bit of Asmodeus in this episode. Yes. I loved the reference to evil Colonel Sanders. Dude, I know so some good. people aren't fans of him. I don't get why. Wait, but that's, what? Wait, what? I the, I saw on Twitter some people are not fans of Asmodeus. Twitter they is a feel, terrible place. Wait, now. hold on. They're not a fa- like wow. the character because they felt like he was too corny or what? What over the top? Or do people not watch? No, they the don't. Show. Mike, we've had this discussion. How is he corny? Before. How is he corny? Because he's not cool. No, I, I like people that are listening to the show right now, and you don't like him. Please post on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash supernatural the crossroads and. Tell us in detailed, in detail. Tell us why. Four to five paragraphs. Tell us what makes him corny. Because I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that I need to hear some facts. Look, Mike's not saying you're wrong, but I am. No, I need to. I'm all about people's opinions. You can have an opinion, and not everyone's going to feel the same way about something. However, I need to. I need. uh, I need to hear your reasoning behind it. When you say something as outlandish as he's corny, and I'm just like, well, I don't see it at all. The, the, if you were to say Kevin Tran is corny, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can yeah. see that. If you were to say Metatron is corny, I'm like, okay, I can, I can get behind that. But you have a character as badass and suave and maniacal as Asmodeus, and you use the word corny, I need to have some type of evidence to back it this up. This person's exact words from Twitter was, uh, he's so clownish, charmless, pompous, almost ridiculous. He's a bad guy! <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> Oh, they Someone apparently the, didn't understand I don't like classic him, I don't villains. like him, and I don't, and I don't feel like I should root for him. He's bad. Ace Ace in the chat room said he's he kind of reminds him of an evil Chuck Norris. And is that a bad thing? No, that's badass. I mean, I love Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris in his heyday was fucking fantastic. Dude, he's fucking Chuck Norris, bro. Like, yeah, dude. If, if nowadays said, Chuck Norris kind of a joke, but like seventies, seventies, eighties Chuck. Don't mess with Chuck yeah. Norris. Yeah. Now I did like. I I love Asmodeus. I think he's a dramatic difference from Crowley. Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. I think he's a dramatic difference from Crowley, which is what we desperately needed in order to move away from that character. If we had another Crowley-esque, we would say, why the fuck did you even bother killing him off? Yeah. 
You needed someone completely different, and I like that's why he has a completely different color palette, accent, personality. His his entire mentality is very different. I like that, and he is kicking Lucifer in the curb, right in the taint while he's down. I liked seeing that. And he's also not an idiot because he's preparing for alternate universe Michael to show up. He's got his little collection, He's as he said, with Lucifer and Castiel as playing cards. And he's looking for Jack. He's not a moron, which I do appreciate that. If they had a character who was just this idiot, this power-hungry yeah. brute, it would not work. I think you had to have somebody who can think to the next level, but is far more ruthless than Crowley was in many ways. Oh, sorry. He's starting a cantation. Wow, Jesus Christ, dude. Were you like trying to like summon Cthulhu or what? Mike's doing some shit over there. Yeah, what the fuck? I was trying to send the people trolling. To hell? Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Was that like the the shit from 13th Ghost? Like it was just like all kinds of weird like fucking shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what I figured. Anyway, I liked him. I was, I was bringing back the troll hunter. Oh, oh yes! Oh my god! I haven't heard this in a long time. I'm not going to use a sword this time, though. What are you going to use? Oh god! <laughs> are you riding a noble steed while you do this? Yes. And I'm wearing a loincloth. Ew. God, I'm shirtless. Terrible Impressive. image. I'm just joking. <laughs> I just, I think people complain because they have nothing better to do anymore. Like, complain about season 12. I get it. All right. But I mean, you're complaining about a bad villain because he's not charming enough. Wait, yeah. wait you want to, like, do you have to fuck everybody? Like, they have to be charming? Like, oh, you know what? I can't really, I, I can't really get behind him because he's not. Charm- I wouldn't want him to get he's behind not charming me. charming enough. I mean, I don't want to go to dinner with him. I'm like, well, he's bad. You're not supposed to want to. Remember Azazel? Not all villains are charming. Yeah. Yeah, they're Sometimes not guys, they're, just they're not all Loki. Guys. Okay, they're not all Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the guy who turned hero. Yeah. They're not yeah. all dreamy. Like me. No, like Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah, he, <laughs> he is pretty dreamy. Ryan's <laughs> like, "Eh, Tom Hiddleston, yeah. single guy Ryan." I, I'm you being know, that's I'm, I'm kind of being a troll to a troll, but you know what, with all honesty, if there's people out there that listen to this broadcast, please, I'm serious. I I'm not going to troll your your reasons, but I would like to see something more in depth than besides the fact that he's not charming. Right. I mean, that's a character decision. And honestly, in based his own on way, writing, like if he's a bad actor, give me reasons why he's a bad actor. If he's written poorly, I mean, give me those reasons. But to say he's not charming, that's a character choice that the writer yeah. chose to go with. And in his own way, I think he is, he does have some charm about him. He's got this. Yeah, Southern charm. Exactly. I, I completely disagree. I mean, wow. Well, the, again, it was an angry Twitter fan. So what have you? Obviously not a fan. But I'm, I'm liking that he too has shown his hand a little bit. He wants to take over hell completely. He wants to defeat or usurp Lucifer and his power. And he wants Jack to be at his beck and call to release the Shadim and do whatever else he wants. Now, the biggest element that nobody, I think, saw coming this episode was the return of Mr. Ketch. Yeah. Dude, that threw me the fuck off. Which was a little bit... There's been a lot of discussion about this because was it done properly? Was it silly that it happened? No, he's charming as fuck. Was it believable? I'd do him. I would, too. I think everybody would. Catch me if you can, Mr. Ketch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, if you... Okay, I am really <laughs> bummed that the fucking cameras were not on for oh that. Oh, my God. Because the move that Mike just did in the in, in here yeah, was the greatest thing I've me. ever Jesus. seen. 
Wow. <laughs> He's spirit fingered and everything. Yeah. Oh, God. That Man, was Mr. fantastic. Mr. Ketch brought that out of you. I think the next time we go to a con and Mr. Ketch is there, that, that thing you, you got to say did, that to him. Has, no, that has to be in a, in a photo op. That has to be done. Spirit fingers? Yes. You got to be Me like, Mr. Ketch. <laughs> like, yeah. You, oh, God. Yeah. He's going to look at you like you're so stupid. Why the fuck? Not, did if, I'm, I not do if I'm this? paying 90 bucks. <laughs> That's very true. He's going to lick those spirit fingers. Ooh, Ooh lick them dry. Okay, now that got weird. Anyway, thank you for that oh. horrifying <laughs> sound effect. Good God. Anyway, that was per- the biggest twist to this episode. We start out giving us a little bit of a misdirection, saying that he's not the Mr. Catch we know, but in fact his twin brother, which I did like how Dean immediately doesn't buy it for a fucking minute, and Sam did, because I feel like that says a lot about their character beyond just... I think that also will come into play moving forward with Jack in some ways. It talks about it's 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 very uh, telling mm-hmm. in, about ter- in terms of how Sam and Dean view the world currently. Yeah, how they currently are and how yeah. they are very different. Sam is more accepting this season. He's willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. He's kind of always been like that, but it's it's very different this year. He's more balanced. Dean yeah. is a lo- is very reactionary more than ever this season. Yeah. And it was nice to see that that Dean was again they've only done it a few times, but we know Dean isn't an idiot despite the fact that they play him as a little bit of the goofier one while Sam's the bookworm. I liked that they showed that Dean is observant, that he is smart, that he noticed the fighting style of Mr. Catch and that's how he discovered he really is the original one. But yeah. not just that. He tested him with something pertaining to his mother. And when he acted yep. like he truly cared about Mary Winchester and how she he is currently, yeah. that was another smart moment. Not only does it give us more backing that Dean is on his A game, that he gets it, that he can read people pretty damn well, you know, but also it's very, it's very telling for Catch himself as yeah. well. Something that was kind of left ambiguous last season, whether or not he was truly a human being or if he was 100% you know, sociopath. What, right. what I like about this, though, is that th- there's a lot of times we'll look at Dean and go, he's very simple. And and the thing is, this these like you said, Mike, for to show these things and show him kind of testing Catch and catching him without, you know, pardon the pun, but catching him, you know, in these these lies, it shows how good, how smart Dean can be. Exactly. And I'm wondering, Ryan, yes. if they did this with catch for a reason, did they show the audience that Dean understands body language and can read people because of Jack? Right. Yes. Because he called out Jack already. Are yes. they trying to draw that parallel? Those comparisons saying, hey, I just if he called out catch just by body language yep. and a few choice questions, was he right about Jack? And Is that, Jack going to be the demise of everybody? And I think that's that's a tough question because I don't want them to do that to do that to Dean and then him be wrong. And that really bums me out because yeah. we've seen Dean over these last 13 years develop as a character where we thought he was a bad guy at the first season. Then he changed and he, he we've seen him do all these things. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we don't get a lot of is him being very, very street smart. Like we don't. And I'm going to consider this being street smart because that's what he is. Obviously, Sam's the book smart one. Dean's right. the street smart one. And I think you mean understanding people's motives. Yeah, yes. Right. And, and and using those street smarts that he has. Yeah. 
developed by, you know, hunting with John and, and all these things. And I think I, I really don't want them to go that route because now it, it, it scares me because it, it could backfire on Dean's character development. And I don't want them to say, Oh, look at him. He can spot catch, but he was, you know, he was, he better be right about Jack too. Yeah. Like it just, it, it, it if anything, it, it just helps. Even if it ends up being incorrect, let's say yeah. if anything, it helps the people that are drawing those correlations that are connecting what the writers are trying to say mm-hmm. or convey, then I, I feel like it, it serves its purpose. As long as it's there to, to put the audience on the edge of their seats and say, Oh shit. I'm just happy mm-hmm. that, that Dean's getting a, in the last couple episodes is, is really getting, you know, his due. And, and I, and I look, I know the show's about both of them and I'm not saying that he's, he's, you know, Oh God, he's due for, you know, something like this. But I think it's, it's cool to see that, you know, we always forget just how smart Dean is and for, and for him to really, test catch like that and yeah. to, and to catch him in that lie is really awesome. And I mean, like, dude, I, I didn't even see any of this coming. I mean, hell, I didn't even notice that until they revealed that it was catch. And I was, was like, well, my son question. of a bitch. Did you think it was a twin brother or did you think it was? Well, when I saw him? the documentation, when I saw the documentation, I was like, oh man, okay, this could be, he could be totally telling the truth. Um, and you know, the accent was different. Um, he did, uh, he did uh, his, you know, obviously the face with the beard and his hair was a little different. So I was like, okay, this, this might be him telling the truth. You know, this guy might be telling the truth. And no, I honestly didn't see the, that, that twist, but I mean, I don't know. Did you guys? No, I don't think the point was for us to believe it, whether, you know, I don't think the point was for us to believe it. I don't think we were supposed to take the bait and believe it. I was just questioning if you guys did. I'm just dumb. So maybe that's why I, (laughs) no, I, I feel like the whole point of bringing catch back, and showing that he actually has feelings and he has um, remorse, there's a reason why they're doing that. They're bringing Catch back for a reason. They have to He's be. just not there to say, hey, we brought a character back. And this is what we always talk about. If you're going to bring a character back, he has to matter to the Gotta story. Makes sense, right? And what they did with him was smart. Now, whether you agree that he should be back doesn't make a difference. He's it's back. It's too early to tell. And also, let's not confuse a story decision that you disagree with. Uh, as simply bad, bad writing. writing because as controversial as it may be it was well written uh presenting us with the idea of a twin brother it was again smart okay using that as an alias to explain to the audience as well as the winchesters his motives and where his head was at last season was i felt extremely well executed he cared for mary mm-hmm. he was simply a soldier fighting a war he's a good guy with a different goal there's a reason why they had him say that. And mm-hmm. that's something that we kind of alluded to last season. We weren't sure where his head was at. Is he just a company man? Is he towing the company line? And the way they had him say that by way of an alias, it was a smart way to clue the audience in as to where his head's at currently and who he actually is as a person. Because you could never sit catch down. And have him confess those types of feelings right. as is. It would never work. It would have felt, we would never believe it. it. We would never believe it. It would have felt contrived. But the way they set it up, the scenario and how it was written and how he shared those feelings as an alias worked to show the audience where he's at. And that's why the ending scene with Asmodeus means nothing in terms of where Ketch actually is at as His a character. His real loyalty is I, I, Right. I, I, there's more to it. 
I feel like they ended it that way so that we can say, oh, I see what's going on here. Right. But there's a there's bigger, there's a way bigger picture yep. there. And I honestly yeah. don't feel like they're going to bring catch back to be a villain after they there's made no point. after they made it a point to share his real feelings about last season. There's no point to bring him back just for him to be a villain. He may still have dark tendencies towards witches, you know, with the, the way in which he interrogated well, course, them. Yeah. But frankly, Sam and Dean have done some horrible things too. That's kind of the nature of the beast with the work they're in. But there makes no sense to bring a character back just to have him play what fourth string well, as far as villains go. When you have Lucifer on the board, alternate Michael, Asmodeus, possibly the Shadim, and ultimately Jack, yeah. to have Mister Catch come back as simply a villain as is a complete <laughs> to to go through this much work to have him just be a villain is well, a look, waste of time and to bring him that would be bad writing to bring him back as a guy who's basically playing the same villain we saw yeah, last it, season it, it, is retarded yeah and it's not cool yeah they're not gonna do it and no, it's stupid. Yeah. there's a reason why they're utilizing his character to his character to express certain ideas and, and right and, and, and kind his ideology which yeah. is which is important to the story oh. somehow the fact that he's drawing the line between i'm a good soldier when are you going to realize i'm good as well right. we, like, we, are, with Jack. we are soldiers fighting a fighting a war i'm on one side you're on another it doesn't mean i'm a the bad guy and i like that because it brings a little bit of realism to to this show character in terms of how real world politics actually works in terms of how you view war i always say this war is not black and white it's gray the people over in russia or the people over in china strongly believe they're right the united states government strongly feels that they're right and who are you to say that they are wrong or we are wrong people are a product of their environment yep and their ideal ideology forms based on the way they grew up now i'm not saying they're I'm not saying China and Russia are right, so please don't take that. That's not trying not trying to get You're political. Devil's here, advocate, right? My point is, is that war is gray. Yeah, and I think with Catch being at the center of this, it's a great again parallel to Jack. All of these elements play into what is Jack going to become. Catch asking Dean, "Do you not think it was possible that I could just be one of the good guys yeah. who has a different motive? Can he not come back?" From the horrible things he's done, if he is not just a company, if if he is more than the job, is Jack condemned to being evil simply because of his upbringing, simply because of who he was or the decisions he's made in the past? And there's the is connection. Is there no such thing as redemption regardless of who you are? In Dean's eyes, necessarily, there isn't. Obviously, he's very jaded and they have a very strong opinions of it because of their mother. Right. But Catch is the same thing as Jack at this point. Are you going to condemn him for what he's done, or is there any possibility for redemption if they mean well? How much does that matter? Yeah, th- these are questions they're they're asking purposely for to the audience. Reason. Yes, you have it all. You have it right in front of you. You have the 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 uh, situation with Lucifer and being a good guy. Is he going to be a good guy? Can you forgive him? You have the Jack scenario. Are you simply going to judge someone based on what they could be? So I think with that, guys, it's time to move into our final thoughts. Ryan, what did you give this episode? What did you think? Um, this was a, I think, you know, this was a tough one because there was so much going on. And I really, honestly, I liked everything that we got in this episode, you know, from the, from the alternate reality or alternate universe, whatever the hell we're fucking calling that thing. Um, 
there's just so many plots and, and, and things that were avenues that we could go. And I think, you know, comparing this to last season and where we were at at the same time, you know, and we were just really confused. I'm glad that this season, you know, we've really found a direction and it, it could go five different ways and each way would be cool with me. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the, the uh, aspects of what we got in this episode. Um, I love what they did with Lucifer in this episode. Um, I think, you know, we always talk about nerfing, you know, Castiel or Lucifer, all these very high powered characters. And I think they did a good job of putting him not on the back burner, but at least for a few episodes but he can still be there if he needs to be, but not, you know, full powered. I can snap my fingers and blow you up. Um, I liked the, the, for an episode that had so much going on, the pacing was really good. I never felt like, you know, holy shit, this is either dragging on or this is too fast. I felt like everything had a really good time, you know, on, on screen. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, you know, obviously they gave us the shots with Lucifer's eyes, which I think we always get super duper excited about. Oh yeah. It's still a great shot. It's still no one of the, be- yeah, it's still one of the better shots. At um, least he still had that power. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like this episode quite a bit. And even though there was tons of going on and even, you know, people didn't like Mr. Catch coming back, I was okay with it. And I thought it was cool. So, um, you know what? I'm going to give this one a solid A. Um, not like, you know, this is not groundbreaking by any means, but I'm going to give it a nice solid, you know, 90% A. 90% A? So yeah. A minus? Yeah, A minus. Yeah. A minus from Ryan. Mike, what are your thoughts on this one? Anything stand out specifically <laughs> for you? I like the way they're connecting all of the characters and how they all have a purpose this season. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're getting to a point, and this is something we discuss off air. You have to be very careful because you are getting to the point where things may start falling off the back of the wagon if you're not careful. However, so far, there's no proof to lead to that line of reasoning. That conclusion. Yes. So far, so good. I feel like the season's very tight. It's focused. And bringing in all these, these players... Although I'm not a fan of bringing characters back, if you're going to bring them back, like the Lucifers, like Catch, they need to have a purpose to the story. Right. Whether they're given an arc or they help feed an idea, maybe give us some insight into a character's thoughts or things that may be right around the bend. That's how you bring characters back. They need to matter from a very core aspect of the story. So I give this episode in a solid directing and not just the directing, but also the editing. And we didn't bring up, you kind of breeze right past it, but um, the stunt coordinator, Bob Hader, I think takes us there again this week uh, with the angel fight, as well as the Lucifer and demon fight. It's something that they've continued to knock out the box this season. And it's the well choreographed fight scenes and that along with the editing, the DOP, the visual effects mm-hmm. everyone's working together and of course richard spate this this week everyone's working everyone's on their game, so man. well together yeah. mm-hmm. and they're delivering the right scenes and the final edit looks great they're choosing yeah. the right shots so everything is just so good uh, i think the i think this is a perfect example of just fantastic synergy when all when all cylinders are firing yeah so a all right. All right. Uh, I agree with you, Mike. I, while I did like a lot of this episode, I s- express a little bit of concern about how close we ride that line between well done return of certain characters yeah. and falling off the wagon into fan fiction. Because when I think about it, we've had a lot of returns. Castiel came back from the dead. Essentially, Billy returned from the dead. Yep. Catch has returned. 
Lucifer is back in play. Rowena very well may be back in play. Kevin is back, but in a different way, admittedly. So while so far, none of these have fallen off the wagon, as we said, or jumped the shark or whatever, you know, analogy you want to use. It's we have to be very careful. I'm I'm concerned about that moving forward. So far, they've done a great job and there is nothing to lead me to believe they're going to screw it up, frankly. But I am a little bit concerned. Maybe we slow down how many people were returning at this point and give us a little bit of a breather. Wait a second. You're concerned? Just on how many more people come back so uh, he, quickly. He's, yeah, he's more concerned with, you know. The, I'm hesitant. I'm, I'm a yeah. little, you know, I but, like it so far. Just let's be careful still. Okay. We got a lot so you of don't have so any far. issues. You're, I have no issues so far. I'm just, I, I guess wary is the best example, best word for it about how many more people could return in such a short back. period yeah. of time. That makes sense. So, but again, this episode was a solid job. I love that while Ketch did return, he is a parallel for what's going on with Jack, and he serves a purpose in the story so far based on what we can see in this episode. Moving forward, if they bungle that, right. that'd be a problem. Bungle. But so far, they've done a great job. I like the nerfing of Lucifer in a way that is believable. I like so many characters having a purpose having a driving force that's lead them to hunt Jack, that he is the most wanted man in the multiverse at this point because of his powers, but also each one of them has a clear and defined goal. We don't necessarily need clear motivations, but we need clear goals for our characters. And that's something that season 12 sadly lacked for quite some time. So I'm very happy to see, as you said, all the different players, whether it's the writing, the acting, the directing, the stunt work, the cinematography, special effects, Everything seems to be working in synergy. I'm very, very happy with how season 13 has turned out so far. So for me, this episode's an A as well. Hmm. I, my only you know, hesitation is if that goes too far too quick, we may have something fall off. But so far, so that. good. I can understand that, Thomas. Yeah. So with that, guys, that's going to do it here for us at Supernatural, The Crossroads. We want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us. Do not forget that you guys can get additional games from USAopoly that are supernatural themed either through their website usaopoly.com or through Hot Topic including the Trivial Pursuit game, the Monopoly game and the Save Your Souls card game. We want to thank them for being a part of this adventure with us. The grand prize is still coming down the road and we will be back next week with episode 8 just two more until the mid-season finale. So Shit's going to get real, real fucking quick. Oh, and we have, we've fast. barely stopped hitting the gas this entire season, so I'm excited. So thank you all, and we'll see you guys next week. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. <laughs>